Hey, moms, dads, and grandparents. This is Sandra Beck from Military Mom Talk Radio, and I know how hard it is to provide a great education for military kids. K-12 believes every child is uniquely brilliant. So to prepare them for college and succeed beyond high school, they deserve an education designed just for them. Learn more at k12.com front slash grade about enrollment. A child's brilliance comes in many forms. Some are curious, others inventive, some are analytical. K-12 is a full-time, tuition-free, online option to traditional public school. Taught by state-certified teachers, schools powered by K-12 provide an individualized education, enhancing your child's ability to succeed. K-12 programs teach to and embrace your child's unique brilliance. Students from K-12-powered schools go on to fine colleges and universities, enhancing their ability to succeed in life. Be part of the community of families who have succeeded with a tuition-free online K-12 education. K-12 welcomes students from grade K to 12. Visit k12.com front slash grade or call 855-628-9531 for more information about enrolling. That's k12.com front slash grade. Broadcasting Networks presents Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Military Mom Talk Radio is sponsored in part by K-12. No matter where our military families are, K-12 enhances your child's ability to succeed. Now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Hey, military moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we've got a great show today. We're going to have a a, a really heavily intensive parenting show today, Rob, which I always enjoy. Absolutely. Um, Boy, you're not kidding. You know, that's why I'm so excited that we're going to bring on, you know, Sharon Silver today because, you know, she's a parent educator, she's a speaker, and she's founder of Proactive Parenting. And, you know, when it caught my eye, the proactive part, I thought, that's the military family because everything, you know, if you lived in a reactive state, which is you're just reacting to what's happening to you. You're going to be dead in the water every time. I think of, like, you know, the military cookbook that I worked on, and, you know, we were Mm -hmm. proactive in making it small and portable and, you know, easy to flip open, rip out the recipes, you know, give Mm -hmm. the book away after that point. You know, we were really proactive in a lot of these things. And so I think proactive goes naturally towards, you know, the military lifestyle because you have to, you you know, you can't acquire a ton of stuff and then PCS move and, you know, you have to get rid of all of it. So you really have to be proactive in a lot of the lifestyle, including parenting. 
Absolutely. And sometimes proactive is just planning ahead. Um, sometimes it means if you know that you've got a long day ahead, you've got to remember your child's pace, not necessarily your pace. Or um, if your child is asking you something, sometimes it means that there's something else underlying. So being proactive is being able to read between the lines beforehand. And, and I know Sharon's going to share an awful lot of things with us as far as rather than being reactive, because one of her books, um, which I think <laughs> is, is wonderful, she um, has a book called, um, uh, hold on, I'm trying to pull it up because I've got a couple of things on my screen. Why is yelling my go-to tool? I mean, how many of, of course, we've all had our moments when we've just absolutely <laughs> lost it and had to just give it our all and, and they they know how to push our buttons. But being proactive means that you're going to hopefully be able to determine that there's something going on a little beforehand and be able to diffuse it. You know, I wanted to, in the chat, I had asked you if you'd seen a movie. We've just got one minute before the break, Sand. Um, I asked you if you'd seen the movie Chef. No, I haven't seen it. And you haven't. It's a delightful movie. And I really, uh, it's an adult movie. i got to tell you that right from the get-go. And my son asked me to watch it. Of course, my son, being an adult, he's in his 30s. Um, but even a child who is in their 30s still needs a little parent time. And he said, Mom, let's sit down and watch a movie. And I had stuff that I had to do. But you know what? I found an hour and a half out of my day and we made a date and it was it was extremely delight an extremely delightful movie but even more special because I shared it with my son and I was just really appreciative to have had the time so uh, I do want to talk more with Sharon about it. We've just got a couple of minutes. Uh, Sharon Silver is an educator, an author, a speaker, and a blogger, and she blends her certifications in parenting with research-based early childhood development uh, and her 29 years of teaching practical parenting skills to help parents focus on raising kids, not just correcting behavior. And that's the whole game. We'll see Sharon in a moment. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. It's marching Only six golfers in history have ever shot a hole-in-one while taking part in the Ryder Cup. Of course, the hole-in-one isn't a phenomenon for professional golfers only. Hackers, whiffers, and foozlers get them, while some PGA Tour pros still await their first. According to Golf Digest, who has been tracking info for more than 60 years, the odds of getting a hole-in-one for a professional is 5,000 to 1 and 12,000 to 1 for the rest of us. Tiger Woods shot his first hole-in-one when he was only 6 years old, and John Elway hit a hole-in-one on his 40th birthday. Now there's a good reason to frolic gozine or celebrate. I figured out why golf instructors insist you keep your head down and look at the ball. It's so that you can't see them laughing. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore 
discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the million-dollar mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. traditional American breakfast, including fried egg, bacon, toast, and potatoes, must seem really heavy to the rest of the world. When my husband and I were in the Amazon, our breakfast consisted of crocodile, deep-fried piranha, and bananas. I can assure you, I ate pretty lightly. For breakfast in Russia, some people enjoy a spoonful of jam in their tea. Oh, that sounds yummy. What's a word for a person who loves jam? A paziwala. What's another word for weak tea? Whack rowdy dow. Salamagundi was originally an English dish of chopped meat, anchovies, and eggs, garnished with onions, lemon juice, oil, and condiments. Mornings at our house are too hectic to go to all that trouble for breakfast. I'm scrambling just to get some eggs on the table. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and this is Military Mom Talk Radio, and we serve our military families every week, Rob. We are on iTunes. We are on MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. We are on our host station, Toginet, every Monday, but you can pick us up 24-7 with their list of broadcasts. Now, today we're going to talk a lot about parenting. I know on Military Mom Talk Radio, we cover a lot of different topics from post-traumatic stress to deployment to reintegration to family services. And today we're really going to talk about proactive parenting because that's such a big part of the military prep uh, lifestyle. And we're going to bring on Sharon Silver. And Sharon Silver is pretty neat because, you know, she's got some books. um, You know, I've read a couple of them. I've looked at them. uh, Stop reacting and start responding. And then why is yelling my go-to tool? And she's a contributor uh, to quite a few different organizations. So she's been on Oprah. She's been on um, Fox News. She's been interviewed by Parenting Magazine, CNN Health, and, uh, you know, so I'm really happy to have an expert uh, with us today. And, you know, she's just such a nice person that I wish she could raise my kids, not me, some days. (laughs) Hi, Sharon. Hi, Sandra. (laughs) That was very funny. (laughs) Thank you. We aim to please. My kids don't find it funny, but I'm glad you do. (laughs) I think we all want to get rid of our kids at one point or another during the process. I think that's a, a bit of a reality. 
Well, and Sharon, let me ask you something, because, you know, it's funny. Over the years, I've been on the radio, and I'm always the one to point out, like, you know, I'm like bad luck schlep rock sometimes to point out, like, the dark cloud. But, you know, there is, it is tough, and everybody says, oh, it's the toughest job you'll ever love. Well, there are days where I'm like, I hate being a parent. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. There is no break. And granted, I'm a single mom and a company owner, and my kids are elementary school age, um, you know, and so I get a large dose of, well, I'm going to go live with my dad, and you can't do anything about it and then I just say no you're right I can't and um it's really tough and you know you you unearth this loving confident calm and parent you know good parent um but I want to acknowledge that especially within the military family Sharon there are so many more stressors than in a traditional family I can speak from experience um and so this this is really important for our military parents to to listen to Oh, I agree. I think there's a lot of stressors and they lead directly to reacting. And the one thing you left out that is really the foundation of proactive parenting is calm and firm. So, yeah, there are days when, you know, the kids have a bug in their bonnet or whatever, and they're just really pushing you toward a reaction. And the goal is, wait a minute, I have to be the adult here. And they, they're learning their foundation is not completely set yet. So they have stressors as well. So we have to model for them, and that adds even more stress to our life. But the truth is that reacting and yelling just really creates the illusion that you're actually stopping misbehavior because you're not. Because the the bottom line is that every parent has the same goal. When they're faced with a discipline issue, they want the behavior to stop right this second. But when you're not faced with a discipline issue and you're not in that stressor, we all pretty much have the same goal, which is I want my kids to learn better behavior. So in order to respond, what you want to do is you want to stay focused on the goal of teaching your child about behavior. Because the bottom line is emotional reactions and yelling take over the correction messages. And your child just ends up focusing more on the fact that you're yelling at her and less on the correction that you're trying to make. I think it's so important, too, that um, we we go beyond the take three breaths. I think there's oh, yeah. always a reason why um, a child is, is lashing out. And it could be just pure frustration that the child has no other way of expressing something else that's underlying. And getting to oh. the bottom of that is the biggest challenge of all. Well, I think that you've hit the nail on the head, and that is really what my focus of proactive parenting is about and what the book Stop Reacting and Start Responding is about, is let's pull off the covers. Let's not look at the end result. The end result is the misbehavior. There's a ton going on that motivated the misbehavior, and that's where I make the statement that misbehavior is not a bad thing. It's a learning thing. It's a red flag that your child is sending up, trying really hard to say, hey, I need some help here. And so if as a parent you're classifying your child's behavior as bad, you have no choice because it's just how human beings are wired to unconsciously lean more toward reacting and punishing. But that creates that emotional block between you and your child, and now you're back to reacting and focusing on the end result. So what you want to do is you want to sort of find ways to respond, stay calm but firm, and say, let's look at what's motivating this. And we'll get to how you express that motivation in a minute. 
And that creates a bond between you and your child. Well, can I just say something that I'm going to flip around the opposite too? Because, you know, as someone who is in a high conflict divorce and, you know, parenting is really challenging for me some days, Sharon, I have to apply what you just said to me too. Like, it's not just all about the child and the child's needs and what they need. When I feel myself ready to blow, like, you know, you can, you can finally feel it boiling up in your chest. It gets to your neck and then your yeah. head starts getting really hot, you know, and you're like, like one of those Looney Tunes, like, woo, the whistle's ready to go. And you know, blow up. I have to do the same thing that you talked about, like with the child, like it's a twofold thing. I have to look at go like, Oh my God, red flag, red flag, saying you're ready to blow. Like, I need some help here. I need to stop reacting. Like, you know, it's like, I have to do that first and then get myself under control, which is why I will say to the kids, look guys, I've had a really bad day. I can't deal with this right this minute. Just give me five minutes. And then I will I'll walk in the kitchen, make a cup of tea, like breathe myself out of my lunacy and then come in and deal with their lunacy because like especially in high content like parenting uh co-parenting situations there's conflict every day all over the map from all these different stressors then you add in military into the mix and and you know no stability constant change it's a recipe for conflict on every level oh oh absolutely and i think that that's something i really appreciate that you flipped it toward the parent because just like they say and this is standard you know on the airlines you have to take care of yourself first but it's really true what do you have to give if you don't take care of you but more importantly instead of us feeling guilty as moms when we have to take care of ourselves remember we're showing ourselves showing our children in action what you're supposed to do you're supposed to say wait a minute I'm going over here. I'm going to take a minute. That shows the child that when they get like a Looney Tune and steam is blowing from their head, that they're supposed to say, Mom, wait, give me a minute. And, you know, one of the things that is the biggest trigger for parents, especially in the military, maybe not especially in the military, but I say parents in general, is disrespect. And that's a trigger that will cause parents to go into the reaction mode in two seconds flat. And I want to make sure that all the people that are listening get my two magic words that will stop disrespect. But not only will it stop disrespect in its tracks, but it gives a parent a moment to do that breathing instead of going into the reaction mode. And the two words are try again. So you know, notice that I'm being very calm here, but I can also be very firm, which is try again. Now, my normal thing Okay, but wait a minute. Hold on. I'm going to stop you here because now I'm confused. Am I trying again? Am I telling the kid to try again? No, you're telling the child to try again. I need to model after you. Like, I'm I'm kind of done with this stuff, so you need to show me exactly what it looks like. (laughs) And if you give me the words, I will be like the dancing monkey that runs down the street and, like, does the twirl when you tell me to twirl. Because I, I... It's like when they tell me to put on my mask first and take care of myself, Sharon, I don't know how. I get... I have to put my mask on, but it's like when you tell me or people say, like, well, Mom, you got to take care of yourself. I've had 20 years of not taking care of myself because I've been raising kids. If I knew how to take care of myself, I would do it. So when you say try again, like, like show me a scenario what that looks like. I'm the smart mouth kid going, all right, mom, you know, you can't tell me what to do. I'm just going to call dad and I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to just get it from dad. Right. Now in that moment, what is your natural tendency, I'm guessing, would to be, you know, to go on the reaction trail and to start having a power struggle with the child. Don't you dare pick up that phone and call your father. It's not his time. We're dealing. You deal with me, and off you go. 
But in that moment, in capture your reaction mode, take a deep breath, and take all of that stress and put it into firmness as you say, try again. And then you go silent. And what happens is that your child really feels that silence, really feels your firmness, and goes, uh-oh, I better listen. So you want to it's, capture your reaction and deliver it from, for women, we tend to raise our voice up an octave whenever we're upset. Now we sound shrill and we're shrieking. You want to lower your voice one octave and let it sit in the center of your, your, your chest and emote your power and emote your calmness and your firmness. And your children, their whole body, you'll watch their whole body. It's like thunder just went through their body and they go, oh, my God, she's firm. Got it. It, we've got a couple of minutes before the break, Sharon, and on the other side of the break, um, or I, I want to bring up that preteen to teenage years when they just <laughs> go, oh, you don't understand, and run to their room and slam the door because then that, there is nothing more infuriating to a parent to be facing that slam door, and you know you're going to have to face them eventually, but it's, it is difficult because everybody does need their space. Um, but um, resolving it is is the bottom line because you just can't uh, perpetuate that. We do have to scoot out to a break. We'll be right back in, in just a minute. Today we're talking with Sharon Silver. She is the founder of Proactive Parenting. Her website is just that, proactiveparenting.net. I hope you'll visit it not only today, but I hope you will bookmark this so that this is your or reserve. There's lots for you to find on this website. There's lots of tips. Her blog is wonderful. She's got some audio on here to listen to some of her other interviews. A wonderful resource for all of us. Uh, and we'll be right back with Sharon in just a moment on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got lots more ahead. Stay with us on Military Mom Talk Radio. It's marching Well, the U.S. sure has experienced torrential thunderstorms, lightning, and flooding recently. Thunderstorms, otherwise known as cockeyed bobs, can be pretty scary. What's the fear of thunder and lightning called? Astrophobia. Years ago, Roy Sullivan, a Virginia Park Ranger, was struck by lightning seven different times and lived to tell about it. Lightning struck his head through his hat, set his hair on fire, and burned his eyebrows off. The current from the lightning traveled through both legs and blew his shoes off. The final lightning bolt hit him while fishing, and he was hospitalized for chest and stomach burns. Believe it or not, Roy Sullivan managed to recover from seven lightning strikes, but later died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound as a result of loneliness, otherwise known as azagaphrenia. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Have you heard? The pages of American Patchwork and Quilting magazine come to life on our new weekly online radio show, American Patchwork and Quilting. Join Pat Sloan, our blogging and quilt designer host, as she talks about the latest trends, ideas, and inspirations. Her guests include quilt pattern designers, authors, quilt shop owners, and our editors, all quilters just like you. Call in with your questions. 
Get quilting tips from industry experts. Learn about free patterns. Hear behind-the-scenes stories from our magazines, American Patchwork and Quilting, Quilt Sampler, and Quilts and More. Get the scoop on free stuff. And find out more about the best independent quilt shops in North America. To listen to a live show, tune in Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Just log on to allpeoplequilt.com slash radio. To hear past shows, go to iTunes and search for American Patchwork and Quilting Radio. We hope you'll join us because we know that quilting changes everything. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Hi, Military Moms. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Robin Boyd, and we are with parenting expert Sharon Silver of Proactive Parenting. And Sharon, you know, the divorce rate in the military is really high. Sometimes I hear it as high as 70%. So a lot of the people listening today might be in the process of divorce, divorce, struggling with blended family issues, uh, Pile on, you know, all the challenges of the military on top of it. And you've got some really, you know, parenting in the trenches things going on here. Um, You also might be on bases isolated from your family and you have your, you know, close friends on the base. But uh, some of these locations are pretty remote and it's hard to get uh, good services. And so that's why I'm really thankful that you're here today to talk about like when you're already so stressed out as a parent, just on a good day, you know, with with everything that's thrown to you in a typical military family. You know, I think about a lot of my friends whose husbands are on deployment and they're a single parent on top of all, you know, everything else that's going on. Um, That's just, it's so much stress for the mom, especially uh, raising the kids, taking care of everything. And then you kind of got to deal with Sharon when your partner goes away on deployment, you adjust, then they come back and you got to adjust again. And then you might even move to a different location while your spouse is away. So the stuff you're talking about is so vitally important. Um, What is your best advice for Parents, I mean, I, I think they should buy your book. I think they should sign up for your newsletter, <laughs> you know, all those <laughs> things. Um, call you personally, I don't know, in the middle of the night, whatever you want. But uh, how don't do you... call me in the middle of the night, but you can set up a coaching session. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be me. Like, Sharon, I can't do this anymore. Um, with all that stuff going on in there, like, can you give us a language? Like, because this is the one of the things I struggle with, and I know my friend down the street who's an Air Force mom struggles with the same thing because we were talking about, like, how we're just so ready to blow um, with soccer season and, and everything going on, and then the school had a half day, and there just wasn't enough for us to go around with our kids. And what kind of languaging would you use, like, when you're – you're ready to go sideways. Like, do you just say, kids, I need a minute. Like, I want to yell at you, but just wait. <laughs> well, you know, I think you bring up a really good point. I think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm a child of divorce. Now, I don't think that it's the same as being in the military for any stress, you know, for any reason, because those stressors are just piled on and piled on and piled on. 
But so I see it from the child's point of view as well as from being a parenting expert. And the one thing that I would say is regardless of what happens in life, what you need are your boundaries and your values to accompany you everywhere they go. Because the truth is that's what surrounds you. That's what brings normalcy. That's what brings comfort. So when you say things like try again, that means I understand you started a new school today. You don't like it. You want me to pay for the fact that you're uncomfortable. So you've come home and you're picking a fight with me. But I'm going to hold the boundary, which sets the child back to himself. You want to think about about it as the child has left their center. They've left what's normal. They've left what's comfortable. So the reaction is the red flag saying, I'm going to pick a fight with you because I hate you right now. You made me go to yet another school. And then when you set up the boundary, when you use these words, when you use the terms, and there's tons of them in the book, then the child goes, okay, it doesn't matter where we are on this planet, my parents still the same, they still have the same expectations for me, and they still talk to me the same way. And that brings them back to themselves, and that brings them back to comfort. So now when I, Sharon, I'm sorry, Rob, I'm, this is like my free parenting hour, so because yep. I'm struggling with so many of the things Sharon <laughs> is talking about. I've got an 11-year-old that'll fire back at me, and I know, I, I just know that this is going to be next. When I say try again, when I do this the first time, and he's like, well, what does that mean? What, what do you mean try again? You know, I, again, I'm the monkey on the street dancing for coins, so tell me okay. what to do. Like when, when he says, you know, what does that mean? What do you mean try again? What do I tell him? Okay, in the beginning, when you do this the first couple times, you, uh, you bring up a great point. You're going to have to explain it. So you say, son, I don't appreciate being spoken to that way. So when I tell you to try again, I want you to restate what it is you want to say to me in respectful terms. And I will continue to say try again until I get that respect. And only then will we talk. So you explain that a couple times, maybe one, two, three times, and then from then on, you simply use the words try again. Now, be prepared, because when you address a child with that much firmness, they're going to push back and they're going to say, well, you know, their unconscious mind says, well, you know, she's never been this firm before, and I've always been able to nag her, and I've always been able to, you know, trip her up. And so they go back to, it's not that they're being disrespectful. What they're doing is they're going back to what is habitual, what has been before. You're introducing something new and what has worked before. So you have to sort of, you have to power your way through that. And that's where you Okay, so just firmly hold my ground with like, like, Max, I don't appreciate you talking to me that way. So I needed you to say it to me again in a way that like, you know, like that we can figure out what's going on and we can work this out. Would that be okay? Or am I too weak again? I would think that that's a little bit too much information in the moment when a power struggle can react. Okay. You know, when so it can just flare up. So you just want to again. say, I'd like you to say it again in a more respectful way. And then mm-hmm. once the child gets it and they restate, then you say, look, I understand that you're upset. I understand that this is going on and that, you know, I want to talk to you about that. But I will not talk to you when you're disrespectful. So just know that from now on, if you're disrespectful, I'm going to say try again. And then we'll talk. 
Okay, because I'm going to use this what today because my kids are coming home from their dad's house from the weekend. I mean, Rob, you should see my, my desk. I've got all these post-its. Okay, try again. Try again. Don't forget try to say again, try again. Because <laughs> I'll put that on my fridge. I'll put it on my phone because you never know where the kid's going to come and you don't want to be caught unaware. So I just made five post-its to put one on my fridge, one on my phone, you know, and I'm going to carry it around with them because, you know, the blow-up's going to happen, you know, and that way I know I've got a strategy. And, and for parents out there that, you know, we're stressed we're busy, whatever, write, try again on a post and stick it to your cell phone so that you know the next time you guys get in an argument, you, you do the try again technique. Absolutely. And, you know, I also want to address what um, uh, the other person asked me. I forgot her name. I'm sorry. Um, Robin, about I'm, I, that's what I was going to wrap around because what about that slam door? Talk about disrespect. Yeah. yeah I mean, that is perfect. I mean, the segue is just perfect because you get to a teenager. And the one thing that I think parents really need to understand with regard to child development is that there's a certain point at which your child's unconscious has basically taken all the information that they can get, get from you. And the, and the focus changes to the peer group and changes to the outside world. That's around the time that you're talking about with a teenager where now all of a sudden, I don't care what you say, mom, you don't know anything, you don't live in, you know, my day-to-day reality, I'm going to slam the door. you don't know, mom, you don't know. Yeah, (laughs) you don't know how it is to be, mom, what do you know? And what you want to understand here is that you want to honor that and you want to respect that and you want to say, no, I don't know. And what I want to do is I want to show you um, how we're going to talk about this. We have to be able to talk openly so that I can help you find your personal triggers and how to, how to work with this problem solving. And what you're basically doing is you want to create the critical thinking sequence that's used in problem solving. And you can't do that when you hit the emotional block of, what do you know? So you want to say, I'm right here. Come talk to me as soon as you're ready to listen. Give them back the 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 power to come to you. You have to really understand that misbehavior is an opportunity to teach your child. So you want to ask them questions. How do you think I feel when you behave that way? How do you think I'm going to react when you behave that way? What do you think I'm going to say? And always let them know. My teenager, when I asked him, because I have I'm much, I have much older than you think I am, and my children are fully grown. And so when I interviewed my kids and I said, what was the one thing in the teenage years, oh, my very favorite time of our life, um, that you remember? And my oldest said, I always knew that if I changed how I talked to you, I could always come back and you would listen to me. He said, my friends didn't have that. They had to be respectful no matter what was going on with them. And so they didn't feel the connection between their parents. I always knew if I changed, you would always have a door open for me. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, I'm pretty touched. It's interesting. I asked both of my adult kids yesterday, and I said, "Do you think I yelled a lot?" My my daughter's first retort was, "Only when your children yelled." (laughs) And I had to kind of laugh because because she was saying it. But they both kind of agreed it wasn't a yelling. But then there's the other the other token is you don't want to be just. The friend, of course, back in the 70s, you know, every all the adults were trying to breed friends and not parents. And there's definitely a distinction between being a friend 
and being a parent. And you certainly want to have your children feel comfortable. And I, I think that was interesting in your um, what was the beginning of your developing this um, website and your whole business was after a long day that you had, your light bulb went off when your three-year-old pulled away from you and all you were trying to do was to hug him and his interpretation was uh, that you were lashing out and we're going to spank him and that was your aha moment. Yeah. We, I, I have lots more, we've got lots more to ask you Sharon. Uh, we're going to be back after the break. If you've missed any of this show or any of our other shows, you're going to want to find us on iTunes. You're always welcome and as Sandra said earlier in the show, we're at militarymomtalkradio.com. All of our broadcasts are there you definitely want to uh, tap into proactiveparenting.net um the the blogs the books all of the information you need to get a, a better handle on your day and it's amazing how once you have a couple of these techniques under your belt everything else is going to sort of kind of fall into place because the kids are going to realize there are some boundaries that you're going to realize this doesn't have to be a power struggle um and i got to i got to say i wish Wish that there was Sharon Silver around a long time ago. <laughs> we'll be back with lots more from Sharon after this break. We'd love to hear from you. Check us out at militarymomtalkradio.com or find us on Twitter and Facebook. Our shows are available on iTunes anytime from 0-100 hours to 23:59. For now, stay right where you are. There's more Military Mom Talk Radio after these messages. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginhead.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Mondays at noon central, Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches lessons in joyful living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. 
Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. Hey, moms, dads, and grandparents. This is Sandra Beck from Military Mom Talk Radio, and I know how hard it is to provide a great education for military kids. K-12 believes every child is uniquely brilliant. So to prepare them for college and succeed beyond high school, they deserve an education designed just for them. Learn more at k12.com front slash grade about enrollment. A child's brilliance comes in many forms. Some are curious, others inventive, some are analytical. K-12 is a full-time, tuition-free, online option to traditional public school. Taught by state-certified teachers, schools powered by K-12 provide an individualized education, enhancing your child's ability to succeed. K-12 programs teach to and embrace your child's unique brilliance. Students from K-12-powered schools go on to fine colleges and universities, enhancing their ability to succeed in life. Be part of the community of families who have succeeded with a tuition-free online K-12 education. K-12 welcomes students from grade K to 12. Visit k12.com front slash grade or call 855-628-9531 for more information about enrolling. That's k12.com front slash grade. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. One of the best ways to prevent injuries while exercising is by warming up first. Most of us are in a hurry, and it can be tempting to skip your warm-up and get right into your workout. But don't do it. Warming up is vital and necessary. Taking 5 to 10 minutes to get your body prepared for a good workout is well worth it. If you're going for a run or a brisk walk, Walk slowly first and increase your speed so that your heart rate is rising. Even if you're doing a weight workout only, it's important to warm up for at least five minutes on the treadmill or just by walking around. Warming up gets the blood flowing to your muscles, heart, and joints and prepares them for a good workout. Mentally, it gets you focused on what is ahead, whether it is running, biking, lifting weights, or another mode of exercise. So don't skip your warm up. It's an essential part of every workout. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. We're back with more great conversation on Military Mom Talk Radio. Okay. 
This is Sandra Beck from Military Mom Talk Radio, and we are visiting with Sharon Silver of Proactive Parenting today. And a little bit uh, before the break, we were talking about a technique that I think is going to be really helpful in my household, you know, when you're in an argument or a battle with your kid. And he says something, not just disrespectful, I'm going to throw into the mix, girls, hurtful. Because my son doesn't, one of them is disrespectful. He's the eye roller and the huffer and the, you know, insulting comments. The other one is the hurtful zinger guy. And um, I think it'll work for both, you know, hurtful behavior or disrespectful behavior. But I wanted to ask you, Sharon, because one of my friends is listening to the show today, the one that we were talking about, you know, blowing a gasket earlier on. And she texted me and she's like, ask this lady. How do we change it? Because she has four kids and she's got a, you know, five-year-old. She's got an eight-year-old. She's got an 11-year-old like mine and a 14-year-old. So the try again, I can see working really well with the 11-year-old, you know, the way you languaged it. How do you do it with the five-year-old or do you just use the same, you know what I mean? Because they're not going to get it. Like, how do you, how do you use this for smaller disrespectful? Because I'll tell you, like in the, in the lineup, you know, like my first one at five was not as disrespectful as my younger one is because he learned how to be disrespectful from his older brother. So we see that pattern of repeat behavior, you know what I mean, in the siblings. So how do we language that try again thing. I get the try again, but can you give me the languaging and, and, and give Sharon the languaging for what to say to her five-year-old versus her 11-year-old and her 14-year-old and her eight-year-old? Like, okay. how does that change? Well, it does change, but the first thing I want to really focus on, and I promise to get to this and hold me to it, um, is that I want everybody to sort of change the way that they view disrespect. I want you to see that there is a possibility and entertain the possibility that some disrespect is absolutely developmentally motivated. And if we attack every single thing that we see, like the eye rolling or the heavy size, and we address everything, we are basically writing the script for the future. We're telling our child, this is how you can really irritate me. So go ahead and do that eye roll thing. Go ahead and take a deep sigh, and you know that's my trigger, and I'm going for it. But the truth is, if you let it slide in the moment, and you do not identify it as being disrespectful, it will go away. It disappears because that's not something that you have attached meaning to. So the more you attach meaning to these things, the more you're writing the script for, oh, this is what really makes mom mad, and I'll know how to do that, and I'll know how to do this. So that's one thing that you want to really focus on. The other thing is that you want to really look at what is a, what are the dynamics of a power struggle. And that's really where a, a tremendous amount of, of headway can be gained here. And I'm not going to forget about how to language this. But I want you guys to imagine a rope. It's just a regular rope, and the parent's holding one side and the child's holding the other side of the rope. When the child argues, he pulls the rope over to his side. When the parent reacts to the arguing, the parent is pulling the rope over to their side. It's like a tug of war going back and forth. But what we forget when we get into a power struggle is that the rope actually represents our relationship, and it's being pulled tighter and tighter and tighter. And the more arguing we do, the more the relationship is out of alignment. And what eventually is going to happen is that there's going to be frays in the rope, and that's our relationship. It's being damaged. So as a parent, what you want to do is you want to say, okay, so my 11-year-old does the eye roll thing. You know, he's not going to do that for the rest of his life. 
So I'm just going to let that go. And I'm going to say, I would prefer that you uh, talk to me instead of tell me that you think I'm crazy by rolling your eyes. You want to drop the end of the rope, drop your end of the argument just for a moment. Because if you use the image that I've given you with a rope, if when the child pulls on that tug of rope, you drop it, there's no argument there. Now the child's going, uh oh, I'm in trouble. That's where you gain your calm, firm stance. Okay? Now, when you have a five year old, an eight year old, an 11 year old, and a 14 year old, yes, you have to change the way that you say this. For a five year old, say, that's not okay. You know that's not okay. Please try again. Tell me again what you mean. With uh, a nine year old, you can go right in to try again. See, the rest of the kids in the family are listening to the way you address the 14-year-old. The 5-year-old is going to catch on really quickly. I have a 6-year-old nephew. He knows what try again means. He knows that Aunt Sharon is going to say, excuse me, you need to try again. And he knows that I'm firm. And he listens. And I've been doing that since he was 4. Got it. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. I think, Sharon, too, we need to talk a little bit about maybe helping uh, parents understand how they say things so that it isn't fueling uh, misconceptions on the child's part. On one of the blogs that you have uh, recently posted, when a parent says, oh, why can't you keep your hair neat like your sister does, that is going to tell the kid that um, you're not accepting them, that you're actually putting up this barrier instead of saying, I like the barrette you chose today. Do you need help putting in your ponytail or whatever? I think there so many times that our lives are so busy that we forget that we need to step back and maybe have a conversation once in a while with our kids and to maybe be careful on how we're even saying anything off the cuff. Um, just as I said in the beginning segment, my son asked me to have, watch a movie with him. He's 31 years old. We still have time to sit and talk because that's important. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that it's like walk a mile in your child's shoes for a second here and really think about would you appreciate somebody saying to you, why can't you dress like your sister? She's always so well put together. What is that going to do to you? You're going to feel that dagger go inside. So why would you want to send that dagger to your child? I know we're busy. I know we're stressed. Believe me, I know. But that's why I wrote um, stop reacting and start responding because parents have told me for so many years, would you just please write it down? So mm-hmm. what I did is I came up with 108 different ways, uh, different th- issues that parents face every single day and ways to reframe it and take it out of the reaction mode and into mm-hmm. the responding mode. And the compliments that I've gotten from Michelle Borba down to Parenting Magazine have all been about the conversation examples that I give in there. So it's all in there, and that's what you really want because you do have to focus on it. There's no question about it. You have to reframe it. You have to mm-hmm. walk a mile in your child's shoes. And I, I have to also say, um, and of course, my kids are 29 and 31. Um, one of the things that we would often do if we watch something together, and I tried very hard to find time to watch things with my kids. Um, I would always pause the commercials and say, 
how do you think this person is feeling right now and talking about the character? Because having them be able to be objective about a character is going to give them insight on how they can react if they're then in those shoes sometime in the future. Uh, You are a brilliant mother. You took the words right (laughs) out of my book because that's one of my suggestions is look, go ahead and watch the movies that you have issues with. Watch it with your child. Mm -hmm. And, And in there I have different, I think I have different ways that you can talk about it depending on their age. But what would you do in that situation? Wow, that looks really difficult. And the reason you do that is not only just for communication, but you want to find out what's the thinking process your child is using. Where are the gaps in their thinking? This is where you get the opportunity to teach and fill in the blanks. This is a brilliant thing to do, and I wish more parents would do it. And you have children about the same age I do, so you're a brilliant woman. Oh, yeah. yeah we, a, we, you guys are brilliant. I'll be over here being the dummy going, okay, I'm in the trenches. My kids are 8 and 11. You guys have already been through there, been there, done that. So I'm here we'll to speak right on behalf of all the moms that are in the trenches right now. You're getting yourself out of the trenches, my dear, because it's I, – and I just encourage everybody to go to proactiveparenting.net. You're going to want to find Sharon Silver. Are you also on Amazon and, and everywhere else, or is parent uh, – not on Amazon. We only sell the book on our website. Perfect. Um, you, yeah, you can find me at Facebook and Twitter, but really you want to take a look at what's on the website and you want to look at and read my blog because there's a tremendous amount of tips on the blog. And uh, let me know what you think about it. But I will say to Sandra, hindsight is twenty twenty. Trust me, I was exactly where you were. <laughs> there's a reason why I do what I do because it's difficult. And there's no perfection in parenting. I was not a perfect parent. My kids were not perfect. And that's why I know what I'm talking about because I've been in the trenches. I've had the door slammed in my face, and I was a screamer. And the funny thing about it is everyone in the neighborhood knew what I did for a living. So when I lost my cookies, I had to walk around and close the door as in the windows. <laughs> that's the, the hardest part, I think. Oh, she's the parent expert, but listen to her. <laughs> We all lose our cookies, people. We all do it. (laughs) And I don't think there's anything wrong in in the calm after the storm in saying, I really had a hard time and I'm really feeling that we need to talk about this. You... I truly feel that kids need to understand that parents can have difficulties and how we can work through it together. So, um, Sharon Silver... My favorite comment is doing something wrong is how you learn to do something right. So when parents do something wrong, they're showing their children how to do it better the next time. That's wonderful. Sharon Silver, thank you for being our guest today. What a wonderful opportunity to have shared this hour with you. Please, everyone, we wish you to visit ProactiveParenting.net. And as she said, that's the place to find her books. That's the place to find her blog, which is a plethora of information. Um, You will certainly have a breath of fresh air, and your children will certainly uh, be breathing that air as well because uh, there's peace in the future. I promise you. Have a great week. Thank you. Thank you, lady. Thanks for tuning in to Military Mom Talk Radio. 
Want more information? Check us out at MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com or find us on iTunes for more than 200 free episodes. Drop us an email or find us on Facebook. We are looking forward to another great discussion. We hope you'll join us on Military Mom Talk Radio.